may be seated for our family room talk this morning. We thought we'd do it a little bit more fun style, and um, so if you need some coloring and all of that to keep you going, you have those things. But I brought Nicole here. She's the fun part of our relationship, and she's exciting and spunky, and so we thought we would do message kind of in our family room talking through uh, a passage of Scripture where Jesus uh, talks to his family. So uh, in, uh, it, we're going to be looking at John chapter 13. You can uh, turn in your Bible there while I give a couple of remarks here. But John chapter 13 is where we're going to be. And uh, it's a great passage of Scripture as we talk about serving. Um, you know, it's hard to serve your family, isn't it? Right? It's hard because they know everything about you. <laughs> And you're with them all the time. And so it becomes difficult uh, sometimes to serve our family. And Jesus is actually teaching that lesson to his family of followers in, in John chapter 13. So uh, that's where we're going to be uh, today. I did want to make uh, a quick plug as well for the marriage ministry before I keep going on uh, that the Hartmans are doing. Nicole and I are going to go to that. Um, so it you can, you know, wherever you're at in your marriage, if you want to be strengthened, that's why we're do, doing all this on kind of family Sunday. They're a great couple. If you want to learn from somebody who has, you're just like, they're the kind of people that are magnets and they just draw you in. We had lunch with them last weekend and it's like, wow, I'd want to learn uh, from them. So um, yeah, take advantage uh, of that opportunity uh, as, a, as, a, as a couple to build uh, your marriage. So uh, Nicole's going to read for us John uh, chapter 13 and be paying attention to the ways in which uh, the family, uh, Jesus teaches his family of followers here. This is especially for the kids. So it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave the world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter. Um, sorry, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. 
You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Well, this is an interesting passage because I think, why would Jesus feel like he needs to serve the disciples in such a manner when I feel like he has in mind the ultimate act of service by going to the cross? Why do you think that is? I think as you, know, as you consider um, just the text that we just read, uh, it does seem odd that if Jesus is going to go to the cross anyway, isn't that the ultimate sacrifice? Isn't that the ultimate in serving? And yet there's still something more that I, he wants to instill, I think, into his, his, you know, his, his, the, his close followers. In, in John, the first 12 chapters of John are his ministry um, to, all, to all people. But then when he gets to chapter 13 through 17, these five chapters here, uh, he, he focuses in on his uh, family of followers, his close-knit family of followers. And something unique happens in those five chapters. In the previous 12, the word love is used six times, six times in the previous 12 chapters. But from chapters 13 to chapters uh, 17, guess how many times the word love is used? 31. 31 times in just those, uh, those five chapters. And it's important, you know, what is Jesus trying to do as he washes uh, their feet? In, in verse 1, it says that he wanted to show them uh, that he loved them. So having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them, what, to the end or to the fullest extent. And so I think, you know, part of why he wanted, he, he did this demonstration of serving is because he wanted to show the full extent of his love. If you serve somebody, what does that show? It shows that you, that you love them. And so serving is a way of demonstrating uh, love and he does it to the full extent. He goes all the way to the cross, but not just at the cross did he serve, but even in this act of washing uh, their feet. But I, I also think Jesus is very special, isn't he? Colossians 1.15 says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Well, what does that mean? That Jesus embodies all of who the Father is. And so in this act here where Jesus washes their feet and he gets out that basin and he becomes a servant, he's actually revealing the very nature and heart of the Father, and so I think, you know, not only does the cross demonstrate the heart of the Father, but this act of kind of getting on the ground and, and washing their feet, it shows the nature uh, of, the, of the Father. There's a scholar, F.F. Um, F. Bruce, he says this, John's graphic description uh, illustrates the statement of Philippians 2.6 that he who existed in the form of God took the form of a servant, and by doing so, he manifested the form of God on earth more perfectly than would otherwise have been possible. The form of God was not exchanged for the form of a servant. It was revealed in the form of a servant. 
in the washing of their feet, the disciples saw a rare declaration of the character of the Father himself. So really what you're saying is like if we see somebody serve in that way and get down to below, in a sense, our level, we're seeing someone who is God's image, mm-hmm. equal to who he is in a, yeah. in a way. Yeah. Not equal to God, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so why is it that Peter responds in such an offended way or is so taken aback by what Jesus wants to do if this is such a wonderful act? Yeah. Imagine if you were sitting around that, that circle with his close family of followers. And kids, imagine if you were there and Jesus came up to you and he wanted to wash your feet. How would you feel about that? You know, when you're with somebody and you know that they kind of have, a, you either look up to them or you, they have a role kind of above you or an authority above you. When they want to do something for you, what's your reaction inside? No, 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 don't do that. I'll do it. You sit down, right? I mean, sometimes you feel that like with, when you're, when I'm with my mom and she's going to go do something like, it's like, no, no, I, mom, I'll get it. I'll get it. You sit down, right? You just kind of feel this isn't right in, in that sense. And so imagine you're around that circle and it's like Jesus comes and he's, he's kneeling down wearing the clothes of a servant and he starts washing your feet. And one by one, He's washing feet, washing feet. And you know, finally, of course, Peter is the spokesperson oftentimes. He can't stand it anymore. He said what all of them were feeling. And Peter is like, he's like, this this shouldn't be happening. There's no way that our Lord and our master should be doing this. And part of that's because, you know, Jesus is taking this, this humble position. And in Judaism, being humble was a part of the way they exercised their faith. Now, that's not true of the Greeks or the Romans in that time. Like, humility wasn't a, a virtue, but it was so for the Jews. So like, they, they would have humility as a part of their practice. But there's something they wouldn't do. Even in, even in choosing to be humble, they would never break role. They would never break role. So if you were of equal status, you would never do something that was below that status. And so, uh, you know, Peter is beside himself. Like, this is, this is so wrong uh, that, that Jesus uh, would be doing that. So it, it's a tremendous uh, act of service um, that kind of scandalized them even. So maybe one way to live this out in our home is just to stand up when someone wants to do something for us and be like, no! (laughs) (laughs) Most people in our kids don't do that. No, don't serve me. Mom, I'll cook you breakfast in bed. Dad, I'll make your coffee. (laughs) So we should be more like what Jesus is asking Peter to be and accept those those ways of serving. Yeah. Um, I find this interesting... um, as we think about how that means serving within our own families and creating a culture in our family, um, one thing that has been true early, from early on in our marriage is we thought, you know, I want to be blessed because, you know, you, you start having family and you have a, um, a marriage and you're like, man, I want to be blessed. I'm going to do everything I can to be blessed. And I think we realized, oh, well, that's great, but you come to a place where you're like, you know, what's the point of that, really? If you're just going to be blessed, be blessed, be blessed, and do everything God wants you to do, for what exactly? 
in the other pieces so we can be a blessing to others. And I think that um, is important. You know, Jesus had blessed the disciples in an amazing way and wanted them to bless others. So what do you think keeps us from serving when, you know, with Peter's reaction? Yeah, I think we can really look at the, those followers. They were like a family, weren't they? And if we're going to be serving in our family, there's got to be some indications here of what was the struggle for them. Why did they have a hard time uh, serving each other? And I think one of the things that, that gets in the way of us, you know, serving one another in a family is just our pride. It's really uh, our pride. In verse, uh, verse 2, it says, the evening meal was in progress. The evening meal was in progress. That might not seem very significant uh, when you're just reading through, but it really uh, is significant because if the meal was already in progress, I think Jesus was waiting around to see if anybody would do that job. He was wondering, will anybody, there obviously was a water and a basin there. There was something there to wash feet. But he waited until the meal was in progress. And I think he was waiting, will anybody do the task that needs to be done. Now, it was customary to have water there so people could wash uh, their own feet, but nobody did that, and nobody picked up the basin to wash feet. And so while the, the meal was already in progress, Jesus does that. You know why nobody did that? Because it was beneath them. That's why none of the followers, their peers, they're peers, and so they're not going to subject themselves to and break role and, and do something that was service. So I, I think, what does that smell like to you? That smells like pride, doesn't it? Sometimes we don't want to serve people. It keeps us from serving. It's just our own pride. I think uh, sometimes what keeps us from serving, too, is our own uh, sense of insecurities. Uh, what enabled Jesus, uh, among other things, uh, really, but Jesus is so secure in his identity. In verse 3, it says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and that he was returning to God. He knew. He knew his identity. He knew where he stood with God. He knew what God had asked him to do, and it was all being carried out. And so did Jesus lose anything of himself by serving? No, you know, his identity was intact. And I think sometimes what keeps us from serving is not just our pride, but we think we're going to, you know, our own identity. Uh, we don't maybe have a strong enough sense of who we are and that serving um, is, uh, is what Jesus wants uh, for us. Sometimes I think we think if I serve them, maybe they won't learn their lesson. <laughs> If I keep doing something for them, will they, will they learn uh, what they need to learn? Or if I serve them, maybe they'll just start taking advantage of me. Do you ever feel that way? Like, I don't want to serve because they're just, they're going to take advantage of me. Uh, so I think those are some of the things that keep us uh, from, you know, from serving one another. Yeah, I think there's a good place to have boundaries when it can get unhealthy, but we probably go and err on the side of not serving too often. So how do you, how would you say we need to build a culture as a family um, of serving and really creating that environment? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what you want in your family, isn't it? A culture where the atmosphere is a serving atmosphere. I've got on the screen here 
what uh, I call the, the serving equation. And uh, I want to look at this for a minute. The serving equation, here's equation one, the attitude of serving. If you have the attitude of serving minus the act of serving, what does that result in? Just good intentions, right? Just good intentions. You say, oh, I want to do that. You know, you get all pumped up at church. We talk about serving. So I'm going to go serve. But the attitude of serving without the act of serving just yields good intentions. Okay, equation two uh, is a little bit different. It reverses those. If I have the act of serving, but minus the attitude of serving, what does that leave us with? That leaves us with resentment, doesn't it? So moms and dads or grandparents, you know, when your kids need something and you're like, oh, I got to do this and I have to take them to school and I have to take them to marching brand practice and I have to go here and, and you become a taxi service and it's, what happens? I have the act of serving going on, right? Because I have to. But if it's not accompanied by the attitude of serving, what begins to develop in your heart? Yeah, you know it just because I know it too. <laughs> we, we start to get resentful. And so really both of those, you know, are important. Kids, I think, uh, are there things that as kids you have to do in your homes? Right? There are chores or things that are a part of your responsibility as children. So what if you just do those things but you don't have the attitude where you're willing to pitch in for the family. You grumble, don't you? Right? If you're, like sometimes my kids, you know, they'll grumble, like, you know, I don't want to do this. What's that? That's the act of serving without the attitude of serving. And then you just kind of get grumbly and resentful that you have to, to do these things. But what we're really after, and I think what Jesus models here is equation uh, number three, is the attitude of serving along with uh, the act of serving. And in uh, Philippians chapter 2, it's really interesting uh, what it says. It says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset or the same attitude as what? As Christ Jesus. Well, what was his attitude? He had the attitude of serving along with the act of serving, which is why he was demonstrating this washing of feet and that's really uh, the way of Jesus. Uh, Nicole, what would you say um, have been some of the things and ways that we've tried to foster sort of an atmosphere uh, of, of serving within our own family? Well, I think one thing that snuck up on us was um, in the early days of having kids and everything, and they started to be able to do things more, instead of Jeff getting up and doing it, or myself getting up to do it, we'd be like, hey, can you go do this for your sister? <laughs> hey, can you go do this for your brother? And so then we wouldn't have to do anything. <laughs> and, um, but that kind of more... Is that the attitude of serving <laughs> no, we're modeling here today? That is, um, that <laughs> is the do what we... good intentions. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that got the job done, but no, no attitude. Oh, no, that's whatever. Um, so, but what it morphed into was we were beginning to see this willingness to serve one another develop among them. And so we kind of adopted it as, wow, if we're asking them to do things for each other, and maybe it does eventually turn into a command, but if we're asking them to do it for one another, then we're all serving one another, and it's not just us doing it for them or them doing it for us. 
And also wanting to look at the big picture of like, we want our kids to do that for each other for a lifetime that they're going to leave our home one day and we want them to serve one another in that way. And another thing I think, um, as I considered the things we've done to serve others, it really breaks down into kind of three phases of life. You have your early phase of life for like zero to four-year-olds, and that's the time in life where you want them to see you serving. You want them to see it lived out and it's happening. And then it moves a little bit more into middle childhood, so you have your five to nine-year-old, and there you are wanting to serve with them. So you're, you're having them come alongside of you and do things with you and be a part of the serving. And then it moves into an older child, eight to 18 kind of age, where you are helping them to serve. And even as they get into those teenage years, even helping them to serve in areas that they love. Um, so in that early time, we've done shoes for the shoeless. So my zero to four-year-olds, we've gone to the store, gotten shoes, taken them, and dropped them off. Or we did a neighborhood Christmas party, and they'd see us getting ready for it. We'd put them to bed, and they couldn't be there. But um, they would see that we were serving our neighbors by doing a Christmas party. And that second part, that mid part where we want to take them with us, we've sponsored a child throughout the years. And so they are a part of getting to be hearing about our child um, in India and in Africa. Um, and also, we did a Halloween party every year when we lived in urban Cleveland, where out on our lawn, as trick-or-treaters went by, we'd give them cotton candy and popcorn and hot coffee and hot dogs, pretty much because nobody gets to eat dinner beforehand. And so we were serving as a family that way. And now later, um, our older one, they're all older in this age group. And so we made compassion bags for homeless people. So you know when you get off the highway and sometimes there's someone there asking for money? This is a bag of supplies that you can just hand out the window and give to someone who is asking for help. And also my daughter Annalise, who loves horses. As we've come here to Cleveland again, she has um, started volunteering at Medina Creative Housing Horse Therapy Program. So I'm looking for opportunities now where they can serve Brandon does music here. You know, what can I do as a parent, as a grandparent, even as an aunt and uncle? How can you make these things happen in a child's life? And kids, maybe there's something you want to do and you have an idea for that you can bring to a parent or grandparent or aunt and uncle and you guys can work on it together. I think that'd be really neat. Yeah, yeah those are some neat things. When we were downtown uh, at the Indians game, you know, Colin had just gotten some birthday money and it gave me a little window into the fact that I think, you know, there's like a bit of the attitude of serving developing because he got his birthday money. We went to dinner with grandma before the game and then we ended up and he said, oh, maybe I'll run into somebody who'll need some money. You know, and it just that you could tell that there's, there's development. So it really, it really is neat as you know, in our families, whether your parents or grandparents, aunts or uncles, to, to create a culture uh, where you serve as a family and, and build, uh, build that in. It, it is the way of Jesus, isn't it? It's the way of Jesus, and it makes a significant mark on this world when we step outside of what's norm and, and we serve other people. The closing verse, and I want to end with this 
verse before we step into our time uh, of communion. But the closing verse, it says, now that you know these things, now that you know these things, Hope Church, you will be blessed if you memorize them. Is that what it says? Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you tell other people to do them. (laughs) No, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And so what we want to ask for you is, what would it look like in your own families this week from kids all the way to parents to serve somebody in your family this week? Go out of your way to serve and to begin to create that culture in your family. But also think about what does it look like for our family to serve, to be a serving family. And so that's what we want to ask you to do because uh, you'll be blessed if you you do them. Well, uh, thanks for doing the message with me today, Nicole. It was good to spend time with you too. (laughs) If those who are serving communion could uh, get the bread and begin to prepare for our time of communion. You know, as we step into this time of communion, partially we pick this passage because this comes before the Lord's Supper. This idea of serving. There's something in this text that I want you to reflect on as we prepare for communion. You might be brand new here at Hope Church and you're wondering, am I allowed to participate in communion? Well, we sang that song earlier, I Believe in Jesus. And if you could sing that song in the core of your being and you have a relationship with Christ, the table of the Lord is open, even if this is your first Sunday. If you're not sure where you stand with the Lord, you say, I'm not even sure what this whole communion thing means yet. It's okay to let the elements pass by uh, and wait and maybe talk to somebody and say, I want to understand this before uh, I take the elements and figure out uh, what it means first. Uh, As the elements are passed out, the bread will come first. If you would hold that until all have been served, and then we'll pray together and take it as a church family. And the same with the cup after the cup, a basket will come by and you can deposit your empty cup in the basket. So as as those serving are coming forward uh, to take your bread, I want you to be thinking about this. Jesus said uh, to Peter, you know, Peter's, he wanted to wash his feet And then he resisted. And then Peter said, oh, well, not just my feet, but what? My whole body, wash all of me. But Jesus said, no, you've you've kind of cleansed. You've had a shower today. All you need is your feet cleansed. Well, if you have a relationship with God, guess what? All of your sin is paid for. All of your sin is covered. But as you walk through life, what happens? You collect dirt on your feet, don't you? We need some cleansing, don't we? We need cleansing. And so this time here, take a moment now as the bread is coming around just to ask the Lord, Lord, cleanse my attitude. I haven't had an attitude of serving. Cleanse my heart. Cleanse it of any impurity that's there. Any, anything that the Spirit of God brings up now, just ask Him, Lord, you're not pleading for forgiveness. That's already happened. You're just wanting a washing, just like uh, the feet. All we need is our feet clean because we collect kind of the grime as we walk through our days and our weeks. So spend a few moments with God. Ask Him for His cleansing.